It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Homelessness in schools, what are the numbers? Are they as traditional as you think? And is there a responsible party out there? But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Rob Francis, Ed Dawson. It is hour number two on your Tuesday afternoon. You want to get a hold of us via email, it's at 610kona.com. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say, and, of course, via the phones, 547-1610. And, Ed, we're going to talk about a topic that's very near and dear to uh, many in eastern Washington and many in western Washington as well. And that's right. Uh, we we know that uh, the final uh, budget in Olympia did, in, did contain uh, some money to bring some stakeholders together to discuss the issue of uh, breaching Snake River dams in an effort to help salmon and then uh, the orca whales uh, in the Puget Sound as well as the uh, Pacific Ocean. Uh, Joining us on the phone right now from the group Environment Washington, Bruce Spate. And Bruce, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. Thanks for having me on. So let's uh, kind of lay some groundwork. Uh, This idea, this concept, breaching dams, uh, is very much a hot button issue in the in the Northwest. Um, where does Environment Washington come down on that subject as it pertains to uh, helping salmon and, i.e., helping orca whales? Yeah, well, we are you know certainly concerned about the fact that you know all of the Snake River salmon runs are now listed under the Endangered Species Act, and of course, you know the orcas are endangered as well. And, you know, that that's a sign that there's some imbalance in our ecosystem that concerns us greatly. And so, you know, we want to take steps to make sure that that's not the case. We want to restore balance to our ecosystem. Um, we want to make sure that uh, all of us creatures can uh, live uh, healthily here on the planet. And so, you know, we think it's important to have a discussion considering that we've seen a decline, uh, a dramatic decline in, in salmon uh, salmon runs along the Snake River since the dams were built, you know, about, you know, how can we go about making sure whatever the solution is to restoring those salmon runs, uh, restoring the salmon populations. And we know that would have a direct impact on the health of our orcas since, after all, the number one issue uh, leading to their demise is malnourishment and the Chinook salmon um, that, uh, you know, really the, the Snake River is a primary spawning kind of migration territory for those Chinook. Um, so, you know, we, we think we need to be seriously looking at those issues if if we're serious about saving our salmon and saving our orcas. Well, we know that there's been efforts in the past uh, and continue to this day uh, at, at different levels, whether it be fish hatcheries or even trucking fish, uh, you know, through the dam system, fish ladders, and and all these different things. A lot of time and money and effort has been spent in those things. Are those things not working or not working well enough? Yeah, I think it really would be more the latter. We have seen some improvements, but it's not been enough. 
Um, we, you know, we still, again, you know, these, these salmon runs are endangered. The orcas are endangered. And despite, you know, trying, you know, it, it seemingly everything we can, um, we're not doing what we need to uh, to save these species. So that's why we think it's important to have this conversation about, you know, let, let's, we know that the dams have had an impact on salmon runs. The science points to that being a big factor. So, you know, it, it, again, if we're serious about saving these species, we just can't avoid that conversation. And, uh, and this effort is about bringing together stakeholders um, to, to start that conversation and figure out, you know, what, what can we do um, to, to seriously save our salmon and orcas? And uh, how can we make sure it's going to have the least impact on communities? And we're talking with Bruce Spate from the group Environment Washington here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Now, Bruce, we know there have been a number of studies that have been done recently with a number of variable factors. Even the governor's own uh, ORCA task force that he put together cited a number of things on the west side that are contributing to this issue as well. For example, uh, the tourism industry is contributing significantly to the whales um, with the traffic that's uh, that's in the Puget Sound. We also know that there's a pollution issue uh, where there are things that are impacting the whales. We know that sea lions have had a huge impact as well on their food source. And the culverts on the western side of the state that are not nearly as friendly for salmon to get over as they have found ways with the with the dams on the east side of the state for the ladders and so on and so forth. So how does your organization address those issues on the west side, namely the the tourism issue and the pollution issue, as far as ways to try and help the orca population. Yeah, well, those are important factors as well. I mean, there's no question that there's one kind of single solution here. We know that you know the primary issue facing our workers are malnourishment and the lack of primarily chinook salmon, but also, as you point out, vessel noise and contaminants in the sound. Um, so we need to be addressing all of those issues. We did just in Olympia see a little bit of progress on those issues. Um, there was a bill to address contaminants in, in Puget Sound, which uh, was passed and is you know, waiting the governor's signature. There was also uh, legislation regarding vessel noise, uh, which has advanced and is awaiting the governor's signature. So you know, we, we are seeing some progress, but, you know, we still have a lot of work to do. And, I, you know, what all the science really points to is that the number, while those issues are important, the number one issue is malnourishment and the lack of Chinook salmon. And as you point out, you know, it's not only talking about the dams and their impact on salmon populations, but it's also making sure that we have funding to address the culvert issue. And there was a little bit of funding in the budget for that, but we still have a lot of work to do. So, you're exactly right. We, you know, there's there's no single solution here. We need to be tackling all of these issues uh, to make sure we're restoring our, our salmon and orca population. Now, Bruce, in the work that your organization has done and, and the, the research and the studies that you've looked at, um, how deep has your organization gone into the impact that the silt and uh, in particularly behind one of the dams, there's radioactive materials uh, behind one of those Snake River dams, have you done uh, deep research on the impact that that silt would have making its way down the Columbia River on the salmon population specifically? We have done a little bit of research on that. And, in fact, what's, what's been some of the most fascinating research is looking at the, at the Elwood dams, which were you know, re- removed years ago. Um, initially, there was a lot of silt in the water after they were removed. We're already starting to see some of that 
uh, go away, and, and we're starting to see you know some some increases uh, in some of the uh, uh, migrations of fish uh, through those rivers. So um, yeah, those are, are serious issues that we have to look at and think about. Um, but you know, again, why we think that it's important to have this conversation is because you know the science really does point. Uh, to the importance of, I mean, on the Snake River, we're talking about 140 square miles of kind of prime um, kind of spawning and and migration, uh, you know, uh, habitat for Chinook salmon. So, you know, this is is really important uh, for this species. And, um, and, you know, we we really need to be uh, uh, serious uh, about uh, looking at or exploring all options um, again, if we're serious about, you know, this is it's a question. Do we want to save our salmon and our orcas or are we willing to let these species go extinct? And, you know, unfortunately, right now we're teetering um, on the edge of allowing these species to go extinct. And so um, we're saying, look, we've got to put all solutions on the table. We need to bring stakeholders together and, and really have this conversation uh, to figure out what can we do to make sure we're going to save these species. We're talking with Bruce Spate from Environment Washington here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 at KONA. Uh, Bruce, one of the things that I've, I've noticed in a lot of your releases is that you don't necessarily talk about the NOAA uh, surveys and studies, where NOAA has come out and said that uh, a lot of the work that has been done with the Snake River dams over the course of the years has actually increased the amount of salmon that's being able to make it over the dams and that within 50 years that Chinook and steelhead populations could be back to normal. In fact, they're higher now than they were 100 years ago. Um, Where do you, how does your organization take the NOAA studies and weigh them in with everything else that you pull together? Well, I mean, actually, if you, you know, if you look at, um, as we discussed a little while ago, you know, we have seen some improvement. But they've not been adequate um, to to really uh, you know restore uh, these populations to their historic levels. And you know, look, I would note, um, I, I think it's particularly noteworthy that just last week, Republican Congressman Mike Simpson from Idaho, you know, pointed out the upstream impacts of uh, of, of these issues. I mean, you know, we talk a lot here in Washington about orcas and the importance of of saving you know, our salmon for, for orcas, which is a real downstream impact. But even in Idaho and Wyoming, they've seen significant declines in, in the steelhead and salmon populations there. And as Congressman Simpson said, look, I, I want to see these populations restored to their historic levels during my lifetime. And, and if, if we're going to see that, then I think, you know, we need to be asking the what if questions in the event that the Lower Snake River dams are removed. And we need to have that conversation since to date, you know, we, we really haven't seen uh, a restoration of uh, the population. So I, I do think there are some big questions around some of the NOAA studies. Um, and, you know, most importantly, if you just look at the numbers, we know that, you know, again, these, these species, uh, all these salmon runs are, are still listed under the Endangered Species Act. You know, we still have an issue here. Um, I mean, unless we just want to ignore that, we've got to talk about solutions. We're talking with Bruce Spade from Environment Washington here on The Bottom Line, News Radio 610 K1A. One of the other, I guess, the other side of the argument uh, has been what if those dams are breached? What kind of impact would that have? Uh, everyone points to the uh, cheap energy costs, uh, but that's not the only thing there's there's uh 
river transportation, certainly the ag industry would have, uh, you know, be impacted uh, quite a bit. Um, how does a very diverse state weigh and balance the, you know, can, is there a solution somewhere in the middle in, in this argument? Yeah, well, potentially. I mean, we, we think that's exactly why this stakeholder forum is so important. Let's bring together stakeholders and have those conversations. Let's talk about, you know, if if we feel like what is absolutely necessary is breaching uh, the, the, the lower Snake River dams, how can we do it in a way that's going to have a, the least impact on agriculture and on the barge and shipping industry? And, and there already are people talking about some solutions, but we really need to have you know a serious discussion about what are those solutions and how can we do this in a way? I mean, it's, as we say, look, where there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, we can figure this out. I think I think there's a way to um, to, to come to a, a resolution and, and identify solutions here. And we get that that's you know, they're going to be challenges and that's going to be hard. But that's why bringing together stakeholders um, is so important and why it was such a victory for the legislature to allocate this funding. Um, let, let's come together. Let's talk. Let's address community needs. Let's let's put the issues on the table. Let's figure out what we can do so that we're all made whole. Um, and by that, I mean, how can we move forward in a way that's going to have the least impact on communities while still ensuring that we really restore these species um, and, and balance to our ecosystem. Finally, Mr. Spade, uh, once this uh, congregation comes together, all the different stakeholders, the money is there to bring them together. Everyone knows that the dams are federal jurisdiction. What would you like to see the next step be once all the stakeholders come together, maybe even formulate a wonderful plan? What would be uh, what would be the attempts after that? Yeah, well, you're exactly right. I mean, ultimately, this is a federal decision. It would you know, take an act of Congress. Um, and so, you know, this is really, um, to, you know, since these dams are in Washington and a lot of the impacts would be in Washington, the idea is let's start the conversation in Washington. Let's bring people together so that we can figure out what we need to do um, to solve this problem. And then from there, we think we can, you know, that that will inform a discussion in Congress. And, you know, after all, if our leaders here in Washington aren't, you know, talking about solutions and aren't, you know, bring, coming forward um, with, with solutions from the stakeholders, then it will be very hard to do anything at all. So, you know, we really see this as the first step. Let's figure out what those solutions are. Let's figure out how we can move forward to address the community needs and address uh, the problems and really restore our salmon and our orcas. Um, and then that will inform what Congress can do. Um, and we're hopeful that if we can, that when we bring people together, we can identify those solutions and then we can work with Congress to actually implement them. We're talking with Bruce Spade from Environment Washington here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. One last question for you, Bruce. We appreciate your time this afternoon. Uh, we know how fast Washington, D.C. works. So say this the study comes down, comes through. There is a decision that taking down the four lower Snake River dams is the way to go in this. With the way D.C. operates and the time it would take, do you think that those four dams could be taken down in enough time. I think so. I mean, you, you're right. There is a concern uh, about how slow D.C. can move. But, you know, when we have a crisis um, and we have a solution and we bring people together, 
you know, we, we find a way to do what we need to do uh, sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, we think, you know, again, uh, you know, as, as I've said before, right, if we're serious about saving our salmon and saving our workers, you know, we're, we're confident that, um, that we can make this happen. And, uh, and that's, again, why we think uh, the stakeholder forum is so important and why we just really dig in and, and come up with solutions and, and figure out um, what we need to do uh, to address this problem, because you're right, we don't have a lot of time. I mean, scientists are saying that, you know, that, that, that orcas could go extinct within our lifetime. Um, so, you know, and getting back to the point of, you know, these studies saying that we could restore salmon in 50 years, you know, our concern with that is that, that that's, that's too long. Uh, we don't have that much time if we want to save these species. So you're right, we have to act quick, but we're confident um, that if we can bring folks together and have uh, you know a very serious discussion about uh, how to solve these problems, we can make it happen. And we look forward to working with people to do that. Bruce Bay from Environment Washington, appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks for joining the program. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again in the future on the same subject. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Bruce Bay with Environmental Washington joining us. Take a quick time out, come back with more of the bottom line, and, and Ed, it, it, it seems like our poll question for today is, well, it, well it's, it's generating some responses we may not have necessarily been expecting. That's for sure. That's <laughs> we'll for share, sure. We'll share a few of those when we get back, uh, as well as dive into it a little bit more, because, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting discussion when you get to this office and those options. More of the bottom line, News Radio 610 KOA when we come back. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. This hour also brought to you in part by Perfection Tire with four Tri-Cities locations to serve you. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Bill from out of Pasco, and I, I, I just get really frustrated hearing folks from Western Washington start talking about removing our dams. When, when I was a little boy, I lived in Bremerton during the Second World War, and and uh, right afterwards, and right afterwards, my dad took me up north of Bremerton, and he said, "I want you to see this, son." He said, "It'll probably all be gone and covered with houses before you know it." He said, I want you to see it once, at least once in your life. And it was a river, a small river, maybe 40, 50 feet or yards across. And it was just packed with salmon. I mean, you could have walked across the creek there. It was a spawning bed. And, and there were salmon everywhere. And, and there were creeks like that all over western Washington and all along the canal and along the Puget Sound. And... and uh, and about 10 years ago, some of my friends said they had a creek in their backyard, and, and it used to be a salmon spawning bed. So and their, they and their neighbors got together and put gravel in and planted trees around it, and they finally started having salmon coming back up that river and that creek. And, uh, you know, they had all kinds of opportunity like that, but the only thing they can think about is pulling our dams out, which are very useful. And we can also build spawning beds all along the river, you know, and, and plant trees along to keep it cool and stuff like that. So there's there's all kinds of things to do. And if, if when you talk to the fishing people, you find that the the the, the, the baby salmon are are having problems going over the dams, 
and you know, and uh, the fishing guides and, and the people at the, at the, at the, you know, some of the people that raise fish, they know a heck of a lot more about them than, than people from Western Washington. So appreciate the call. We're up against the clock. More of the bottom line after this. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line, presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610-KONA. Brought to you in part by Ben Franklin Transit, connecting our communities. You can visit them at bft.org. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, this is Chuck from West Richland. Hi, Chuck. Thanks hey, for your patience. I, I, I listen to the guy talking, and, and you got to really be careful listening to his rhetoric because it sounds like they're looking for a solution. But the reality is if you really listen to what he's saying, they're looking for a solution of how to breach the dams, not how to get more salmon, not how to save the orca, how to breach the dams. They're looking for all the stakeholders to come help them find the most uninterrupted way to breach the dams their goal is breach the dams period and and that's if you listen to his rhetoric that's exactly what he's talking about if i was a stakeholder i wouldn't even show up i wouldn't give them any ideas because they don't need any their goal is obvious they want to breach the dam and that is all they will accept and that's the way these people are Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. And certainly there's there's that element to it. But again, and Rob and I were talking during the commercial break. Um, there's a reason why we had him on. Yes. Well, there's a couple there's of reasons. a few reasons why number, we had him on. Number but. one, we and, and this goes for any topic. We want to give a we want to have a complete discussion, not one sided, not, you know, only the pieces that we know our audience wants to hear. We want to have a complete discussion. That's what this talk show is about, no matter the subject. And here's an opportunity to hear right from the one of the main groups that is leading the charge to breach the dams in order to, what they say, restore the salmon runs to at or near their original uh, capacity and to help the endangered orcas. You may not agree with all of that, and and certainly that is your right, but we felt that it was a, beneficial to have him be a part of the discussion. But also, Rob, it gives us some insight into how those organizations think. Absolutely. Because we are the only program like this on this side of the state, we're the only ones that can have the opportunity to get this information out there. So having somebody from a group like that on our program gives you an idea as to what they're planning, what they're doing. They send out press releases to the media. They don't send out mass emails to people in eastern Washington. So when we see something like this, we have them on. It gives you, the listener, the idea and the insight as to what exactly they're planning over there and what they're trying to do to disrupt our way of life over here. We got an email from Bob in West Richland said, Rob and Ed, it's kind of funny that your guest, Bruce of Environmental Washington, didn't mention all the all the gill nets that are lined up along the Columbia River or the fishing trawlers that are off the coast that net tons of salmon. Breaching the Snake River dams would have an impact on the highways and rail systems. If we think there's a lot of semi-trucks now on the highway, just watch and see what will happen if removing the dams take place. No more barge traffic on the Snake. Wow. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Mark. I'm calling from Basin City. Hi, Mark. What's on your mind today? Oh, just, I'm really frustrated one more time. 
you know, these people, and the guy was really nice, so I don't want to take a personal shot at him, but just the general attitude in general, they're never happy with anything. You know, almost my entire life I've been paying for five nuclear reactors that weren't completed because they didn't want nuclear. Now all of a sudden they're on nu- they want nuclear, they don't want hydro. They didn't used to want, you know, wind power because it would kill all the birds. Now they're in love with wind power. But they want they don't want uninterruptible un- un- power. They want constant power. So it's just one more gimmick to control us. I went to Idaho last weekend, and the Snake River is full of silt and a lot of water. We need flood control. They, they're not old enough maybe to remember that these dams have protected us for a lot of years because they control the water. They give us a lot of life along those rivers. The Snake provides lots of recreation, for, provides power transportation, lots of game along there because it's backed up. You've got all the reservoirs. They don't have a clue. Uh, like the caller said earlier, they've destroyed the salmon habitat on the coast. Now they want to take us down. Until they get rid of all the sea lions and all the other things they can do on the coast, they just need to stay home. And the other idea I had is that what they could do, if they really want it that bad, they can sign a, a, a contract that they will not take any hydropower for them or their posterity in perpetuity. And when they get enough to sign up to cover for those dams, then we might talk about it. And uh, they can buy the, you know, the interruptible power from the solar and hydro. That's about half what I had to say, but I've taken too much time. But I appreciate it. <laughs> no, oh, well. you're fine. Thanks for your yeah, call. We, we appreciate have, it. We do. Thank you, Mark. 547-1610-509-547-1610 here on the bottom line. You can also email us, too. Go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Going back to the phones, you're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Daniel Kenwood. Calling back again, fellas. What's up? Hey, um, that last call just mentioned something about the silt. I have a friend that toggled, is mentioned there's something physically um, unfeasible about reaching the dance because of the silt and the flood control. And if you might be able to uh, drill into that, maybe get an engineer to explain the physical. Uh, ramifications involved would be great. Doing a great job. Thanks for Appreciate your call, Daniel. The call. Appreciate it. Five four seven one six ten. If you want to get involved, uh, you know, when again, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Just to, I mean, talk about uh, you know, dams. Say what you will about dams, but they are engineering marvels. No matter you know the small ones, the large ones, they take a lot of ingenuity and engineering. What kind of technology and ingenuity and engineering would it take to tear one down without creating a major it, it, problem? It, it, it just wouldn't be lining up explosives. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. No, it, it doesn't. It's a long, arduous process. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Renee from Prosser. Hi, Renee. What's up? Well, my cousin is a marine biologist uh, specializing in uh, salmon recovery. And she said the problem is not here. It's up in the high, high mountain streams where people have uh, built there. And she said salmon have to spawn at a very specific temperature. And because of all the building around those uh, high mountain streams and creeks, that's where the death is coming from. The salmon are not spawning there because it's not the right temperature of the water. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's uh, that's part of the factor, too. So instead of 
breaching the dams? Is there a way to cool the waters uh, or, you know, to lower the temperature without having an impact? And, and I'll say this, and, and and I give all the credit in the world to Bruce Spate for coming on with us uh, into, quote unquote, hostile territory. He knows that that I, this idea is not popular east of the Cascades, and, and he came on anyway. I hope and maybe maybe I'm being naive because a couple of callers uh, have already made up their mind. I hope that when they do come together with stakeholders, that they do have people from the hydroelectric industry, from the ag industry, from everybody, all the other east of the east, eastern Washington stakeholders do come together. And maybe just maybe they are open to a viable solution that doesn't involve tearing down the dams. It might be pie in the sky, but I can hope, right? Five four seven one six ten is the number to join the program. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. We've had a couple of uh, interesting topics of debate uh, this afternoon. Of course, the the, the dam situation is is going to uh, you know continue to be there until we we finally get one way or the other. Washington D.C. says we're not touching them; they're not going anywhere. So figure it out on your end. And, you know, quite honestly, I think that's the answer we should be getting from the federal government. Figure it out on the west side. That's where most of the problems are. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? Uh, this is Michelle from Pasco. What's up, Michelle? Hey, um, I want to echo what the last caller said. I talked to um, civil engineers uh, or engineers. Up, oh, we lost Michelle. We Michelle, lost give Michelle. Us, give us a call back, Michelle. Five four seven one six ten is the number. But uh, let's take a quick time out. Yeah. Come back because uh, we've gotten quite a bit of response to our poll question, just not to the question itself. <laughs> yeah, our poll- you're going to have to answer to some angry people, Roberto. Uh, for those that aren't aware, our poll question today is. Our jungle election system allows for two members of the same party to vie in the general election for an office. Well, if the gubernatorial came ra- race came down to Governor Inslee and Bob Ferguson, who would you vote for? Those are your only two choices. Oh, no, people are not having it. <laughs> <laughs> They're not having it at all. There is well, not only two choices. <laughs> we'll explain when we get back. More of the bottom line after this. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610, KONA. And this hour brought to you in part by the Kitchen Creators at Bunch Finnegan, making your dream kitchen come true. They're located at 9 East Columbia Drive in Kennewick. Back to the phones now. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Michelle calling back in. Apologize okay. for the drop call. No problem. Um, Go ahead. So I was talking to an engineer in Idaho, and he said what they, what they need are the beaver dams and trees along the rivers. You know, and when they take that and make it about temperature in these very deep reservoirs where the fish are like us. If it's too hot and we have our hand on a on a burner, we're going to move away. The baby fish last year or in 2015 were poured on with hot water, and we couldn't get the fish passage center to move them, and Noah told them twice. So I, I agree with the last caller. I think the urgency needs to remain that we have a judge that will make himself the river master, which is a real position, because the environmental impact study is going so 
roughly and so so badly in many cases. And um, you're going to have the Fish Pasture Center in charge of the dams for four states. And this this is going to be an issue. And I, I, I would call on the Tri-Cities area for their irrigation and their power needs to come together and, and coalesce and call for the, the God Squad because legislation will not pass in Congress now. Um, it They'd have to repass the bill they already passed, and then they'd have to get it through the Senate. So um, I, I, I'm glad that the study is not included in the budget. Um, I'm very thankful for that. And um, But I think the urgency still remains. And all of the different groups, the utilities, the irrigators, um, anybody that has to pay a power bill or use water, it's a complicated issue, but it is not impossible. And I thank you for letting me have the time. You bet. Thank you, Michelle. Just to clarify, though, the money, uh, the $750,000 is in the budget. There was some dispute uh, coming out of this weekend that uh, it wasn't in there. It actually is. Uh, we've got a couple of emails I'll read quickly, and we got another phone call, so stand by. Uh, Lonnie from Hermiston writes, if they really want to save the fish, stop eating them and get rid of all the gill netting on the river. We've heard gill netting a couple of times, Rob. Yep. And uh, Phil... Uh, also writes, uh, something that is often overlooked with the salmon and dams debate is the fact that one of the most damaging pieces of the puzzle is the uncontrolled, protected, predatory bird populations along the Snake River, namely gulls and pelicans, uh, which are federally protected under the Migratory Bird Protection Act. If those birds were allowed to be culled, specifically along the snake, uh, we'd eliminate a significant portion of the losses in the smolt population. Appreciate that email, Phil. Back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? This is Dallas from Benton City. What's on your mind? Hey, man, uh, yeah. Uh, gill nets, birds, uh, you know, river restoration. Anybody that's doing river restoration now is, you know, um, they're thinking about beaver dam analogs and engineered log jams for, for salmon and stream habitat, man. But if you want to start somewhere without putting an entire half of a state out of an agricultural business, maybe we can start with Seattle and the Puget Sound. You know, when they start to talk about contaminants in the Puget Sound, you know what they're talking about? It's not just nuclear active sludge. You know, it is, it's birth control, which maybe is one of the reasons our whales have uh, uh, disabilities, um, you know, uh, having sex and repopulating. Um, birth control, opioids, heroin, crack. So many things that, that factor into Seattle alone. When you see a Seattle neighborhood cleanup, you see a 10 by 12 tarp with a two-foot pile of syringes on it. And you tell me that stuff doesn't get washed down some storm drain and into the, into the Puget Sound. Research muscle tissue, like muscles as in the shellfish. Um, research muscle, muscle research tissues and see what they come up with contaminants to see if you guys change your mind about taking the dams out. Oh, absolutely. Believe me, I've seen, I've, I've read the studies yep. where they're finding heroin in the shellfish and, and in the mussels and everything else over there because of the, the needles and everything else. Believe me, it's, uh, it, it, but again, this is, a, it's, 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 it is, it is symptomatic on, on the west side of the state that they do not look at themselves as a cause of a problem. They look somewhere else as the cause of the problem because their behavior obviously doesn't contribute to this because in their minds, these things are helping other people. 
and, and, they're, and they're helping others by doing these things and allowing these things to be there. So the real problem has to be on the other side. So what happens when you tear the dams down, but yet your behavior on the west side doesn't change? You're still going to have the same problems. I, I thought the last caller was going down the road that the orcas have an opioid addiction. Well, you know, I mean, well, the opioid prediction. I don't know. I mean, maybe we might need to study that, too. In our remaining few minutes, Rob, we, we have to touch on our poll question because it's creating a firestorm. Absolutely. Look what you've done, Rob. The choice between Inslee and Ferguson apparently didn't go over well. No. Uh, Michelle said on Twitter, I couldn't live with myself if I voted for either one. If a writing candidate wasn't an option, I wouldn't vote. Actually, I'd color in both of the circles, cancel each other out. Boo says, I would pack up and disappear. Uh, emails regarding our topic. On your governor poll, this is from Mary and Pasco. Add a third option of writing candidates. I know if those two are my only official choices. I'll write in another. James and Washtuck, they're sorry, guys, but I have a third option. None of the above. No one has the power to make me vote, period. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Also, uh, Dean and Kennewick, if the only choice for governor is between the ungovernor and the progressive attorney general, it would be time to write in Mickey Mouse. So uh, believe me, there have been plenty. And Kevin writes, neither. Leave blank. They're both awful. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Bob. I'm calling right from here in Pasco. Hi, Bob. Yeah, um what I'd like to, I need to change the subject just a little bit, and it, it does have something to do with the dams. It's a, more like the electric load. I'd like to see the, the natural gas lines run up and down the residential streets and even out in the country. And the reason for that is it takes some of the load off of our already overloaded electrical grid, and it's, it diversifies our energy sources. That was... I don't know, back eons ago, I can't tell you which president said it, but one of their campaign slogans was all the above. They were going to use some wind uh, uh, and some water and some nuclear and some oil, you know, so this plays into that. It sure does. Thanks for the call, Bob. Let's go quickly to one more call, if we okay. have time, Rob. Go right ahead, 547 you're okay. on the bottom line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Didn't all right. Want to do it. All right. So we had one other uh, Twitter response from MH saying, "Offer a third choice. Write in my choice. Voter chooses." Well, I'll tell you what. Right now, we've had probably more emails and everything else than we've had people vote because they don't <laughs> want to vote for either of these two. But in hey. case you're wondering, as we head into the final stretch, Ferguson is killing Inslee in the poll. I, you know, I, I'm I'm not all that surprised about that because it's killing look, Inslee from from and we've talked agnosium about both of these men, one as the governor, the other as the attorney general. I get the sense, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I get the sense that there is more irritation towards Bob Ferguson for all the lawsuits he's filed. That they're not they're not happy with it, but they're more irritated. There is general hatred towards. Jay Inslee and his buffoonery. Uh, so I'm not surprised that more people might lean towards uh, Bob Ferguson if given the choice between the lesser of two evils is what we're hearing from, back from our listener. Absolutely. That'll do it for the bottom line this Tuesday afternoon. Still to come, local, state, regional news with your afternoon reports. Stick around.